This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Good conversations this morning for sure. Longhorn basketball, not the prettiest win, but a win indeed. They hold on to beat uh, Iowa State thanks in large measure to their defense and to one Dylan DeSue. The double D man was uh, bringing it last night, 20 points. He's hit four big free throws down the stretch. He loved to have a big man that could shoot. There's a very rare thing, Rod, to have a big guy that, of his size who can score at three levels. He can score from three-point land. He can score in the mid-range. He can score at the bucket. Yep. He can also score at the free-throw line. He knocked down 10 of 11 foul shots last night, which He's were critical. so skilled, man. His game, really is. Is so, his game is so unorthodox. Yeah. He's not the smoothest player. He's skilled as hell, though. But, man, is he skilled. Yeah. And he's just getting better. And you can get these guards playing, but um, yeah, that, I mean, if not for Dylan DeSue playing at an all-conference level this year, I don't know where Texas basketball would be. Because at times, their identity—he is their identity. Well, remember, it boils down to him. Remember, they played the early season without him, and that's uh, when they got smoked by UConn early in the year, the number one team in the country. Yeah, and they got beat by Marquette early in the season. They didn't have him, and mm-hmm. you saw what happened. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, really, they don't—they don't really have a. They, but he's their go-to guy. Yeah, he is. They need a bucket. Um, he's the bucket. He is the bucket. Uh, now, their leading scorer is Max Asmus, but he's been off and taken out of the game the last couple couple games, so they need to get him going again. Well, and they, they, it, There's a way to take Max Asmus away. Yeah, he's not very big. Yeah, you've got length and you got yeah, you got a pretty good per- perimeter defenders. You can neutralize him. I haven't seen a team be able to effectively take Dasua away. because no, so, he can score at every level. Yeah, he can score in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean – so, fortunate to win last night, though, because the backcourt didn't play great. And uh, only nine turnovers, which is good. That was a, that's was that been a huge problem for Texas. Yeah, when they forced, get, what, 13 of them? Yeah, they did force them. Uh, also, yeah. last night, Houston beat Iowa State in a big game. That was a number three versus number six in the country matchup, and it lived up to it. It was a really good game. And, man, the stars are coming out down in Houston to check out the, the, oh, yeah. the, this Cougar team. This Cougar yeah. team is taking – C.J. Shroud's a regular now. Yeah, he is. Well, he, take Dell's oh, his buddy, and there's a, he's a U of H guy. Uh, yeah, know, that's probably what it is. You're right. Uh, the city's really adopting that team because they play a vicious brand of basketball. Uh, Jamal Shedd is a tremendous player. Uh, it was fun to see last night. That was a packed house, and that Pertita Center is rocking these days. Yeah, that yeah. was back when I was growing up. That was Hoffine's Pavilion, Rod. We used to go down to. Well, now they got a Sugar Daddy Center. <laughs> now they got a Pertita. Yeah, Pertita's the Sugar Daddy, yeah. so yeah, he wants that stuff named after him. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You want to play? Hey, you want to get into the you know Big Twelve? You want to get to a Power Five club? You need some Sugar Daddies, and they got one. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, were, the question was, how would the Cougars react to the Big 12? They've been fine. They sit atop the conference at 10 and three. Yeah. Um, you know, there it wasn't the, wasn't thought that they weren't they were just going to melt or something when they, they play a Big 12 competition. But they've come in and they're the cream of the crop. I mean, they've come in and been yeah. the best team in the conference. Yeah. And that, Brady Rodmark's, uh, you know, his I think his goal to make the Big 12 the premier college basketball conference is actually coming to fruition. So good for him. Because it's going to get better, too. Yeah, I think so. In the future, right? Or even when Texas and Oklahoma leave, I mean, it'll the additions they're getting from the Pac-12 will continue to make them 
the premier basketball conference. We know today, this afternoon, is also the uh, franchise deadline window opening. Today's starting at 3 o'clock. Teams can put a franchise tag or a transition tag on their potential free agents. Um, they can only use that tag one for one player per offseason, and that uh, led us to a conversation about, you know, there's some really compelling storylines coming out of Tampa, coming out of Minnesota uh, with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Obviously in Tampa, the report from Rick Stroud of the Tampa, Tampa Tribune is that they're going to use their franchise tag on Antoine Winfield. They're all pro safety, which which means Mike Evans, Mike Evans is likely and, to hit free agency. And Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield thing, I, I don't I, – I think they I, they should resign him to a and short-term deal. But I think Baker may be asking for a lot, um, considering what they believe his value is. They probably look at him as a bridge quarterback. He's probably asking for some franchise quarterback money. Yeah. Which, by the way, I ain't mad at him because he's coming off his best season ever. They won a playoff game with him. So, yes, Baker should be asking for that kind of money. I don't know if they're willing to pay that kind of money for what they consider to be a bridge quarterback, especially if they're losing Mike Evans. Um, and then that's where I think you may, things may come to a head. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, are they ready to move? Because you either have to invest in the guy or he's going to have a market on the market. I mean, in the Oh, market. there's no doubt. I mean, if you're Atlanta, if you're Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, they're like – New England. New England. They're like three or four teams right now. If you're not going to get one of those elite quarterbacks in the draft, better to get a bridge quarterback now can bridge you to the next quarterback evaluation for the next season, and then maybe you can look at getting a higher draft pick there. Uh, but Baker's winning games. So let's think about Baker. You're bringing Baker in. You're bringing Baker in to compete because God just won a playoff game. Well, look, he was the first pick of the draft. We know that. And uh, he won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and things went south in Cleveland. But he, he also led Cleveland to a playoff win way back yeah, when, he when he was still a rising yeah. player. And it kind of fell apart there. The Odell Beckham feud and his own immaturity, I think, you know, cost him there. Uh, but, you know, he's, you know, give Sean McVay a lot of credit with the Rams, kind of resurrecting his career. And now him, he himself this past year was really good, and he seems like a more mature player. And he's still only 26, 27, 28 years old. He's pretty young, man. So there's an opportunity, you know, to do, play some, yeah, and as you said, make some pretty big money uh, the more teams bidding. Is it fair to say the most compelling quarterback storylines of the NFL offseason will be Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield? Is there yeah, because the reports are now, right now, that Justin Fields, and I know, this is, you know, social media stuff, but it matters these days. He has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram, and he has started to follow the skilled players from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and Drake London. You may think that doesn't mean anything, but as you pointed out, he's from um, Georgia, right? He's from Georgia. State of Georgia, yeah. And there's great, a great high school player in the state. Went to, originally went to Georgia. Yeah, and you got right about that. Yeah, I forgot all about that. And think about it, guys. At, at one point, the Bears got to make a decision. All right. Are they going to reinvest in Justin Fields and think about trading that number one overall pick, or are they going to just draft Caleb Williams and that's going to be the quarterback of the future? It's more likely that they're going to draft Caleb Williams and let him be their quarterback of the future. Then what do you do with Justin Fields? You got to trade him, and more trade partners you can have bidding for Justin Fields the better because that the value will go up. up. The price. Um, so I think Atlanta should be in the conversation for Justin Fields. I think the Pittsburgh, all the teams that we just named for Baker Mayfield, yep. should also be thinking about Justin Fields. Well, Kirk Cousins, too, and uh, that's the question in Minneapolis and Minnesota, what they're going to be able to do with Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, they don't want to guarantee another contract. He's 35. He's, yes. you know, coming off an Achilles injury. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be some big storylines. It won't really won't because the, 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 when the combine opens next Thursday, Rod, is when a lot of these conversations will be had, right? Yes. I mean, um, you know, that goes 
the 29th through March 5th. And March 5th is the deadline to put a tag on a player. So essentially right now, this, this window that opens today is negotiation time. Can we get a deal done and avoid having to use the franchise tag? That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, last year we saw this in New York with the Giants, right, where they put the franchise tag or they, they, they signed Der- Daniel Jones and then uh, you had to figure something out with Saquon Barkley. Now Saquon Barkley could be a free agent. This he offseason. could be, yeah. Because exactly. they, they, they put the tag on Barkley. You know, there are a lot of people in that Giants locker room that were not very happy that they didn't take care of Saquon Barkley, and then they, then they put the tag on him, and they signed Daniel Jones. Because yeah. in, in hindsight, Rod, I know it's expensive to franchise tag a quarterback, but it's only a one-year commitment. Because you, now you're stuck with Daniel Jones. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that number that, – I mean, if you're making top five money at any position at a it's quarterback, a that's a lot of money – for a guy where you're not sure about what the future is. There's some positions that actually make a lot of sense if you're going to franchise tag. Running back. Running back is one of those positions, right? You franchise tag a running back. You don't want a long you don't want a long-term commitment for a running back. You want to rent a running back, not buy one. Right? Uh, and that's what the franchise tag allows you is to rent that running back unless he's going to sign a mercenary deal, which would be a one- to two-year deal, which you could get for Saquon Barkley. But, I mean, I think likely, you know, I, I'd franchise a running back. Quarterback, different discussion altogether just because of the price tag. Also, there's Russell Wilson out there, Rod. Uh, any interest in Russell Wilson? Well, it, the interest is who's going to play quarterback behind uh, Aaron Rodgers? A lot of people – or throwing out Russell Wilson as a name. Oh, those two together? Potentially. On the well, same just, team? You need, you need might a, kill each other. <laughs> you, need a viable, you need a viable option behind Aaron Rodgers. You're right Because there's that. a good chance he could get hurt again. And if he does, you need a quarterback you can bring in right behind him that can – it's a proven commodity. Yeah, but will there be a starting opportunity for Russell Wilson too somewhere becomes a uh, question? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a great question. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, Sean Payton, I saw an interview with him from the Super Bowl. He said, look, we really haven't even discussed it. I haven't watched any of these college kids. Uh, we'll start this process. Um, you know, when we get back to – he said, said this at the Super Bowl. But we'll yeah. start this process when we get back yep. uh, after the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll dive in. That's what the scouts are doing, you know, all, all year That's round. Is doing right now, putting the yeah. board together, you know, compiling their scouting reports. And, you know, he, he actually alluded to the fact there still could be a chance to bring Russell Wilson back, which most people – you know, the fact he's they not, benched him at the end of the year. He's not bringing him No, Wilson I don't back. think so. But yeah. he's going to say that. But we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, there's another quarterback that's going to be in this conversation mm-hmm. in the offseason. And uh, and the other big one would be the Cowboys and the extension for Dak Prescott. I mean, they've got to they got to get find that find that deal done to uh, you know lock Dak Prescott up coming off his best season. Yeah, they got to lower the cap number. Period. That just so they can start working or on the Micah, the Micah deal and the CD deal. And I mean, they got some guys that they got to pay. Hey, by the way, we just heard before we go to your rant, Rod. We just heard some great uh, the the terrible audio of a bad scene last night in San Antonio at that Incarnate Word game. Yep. In the Southland Conference. You had some other audio you wanted to bring our way. Another another call? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is a WNBA call. I'm not even sure. Okay, so, yeah, apparently this is from a WNBA game. And uh, one of the – oh, no, sorry. This is a college game. I take that back, right? This is a college, LSU Vanderbilt. This is LSU Vanderbilt. I thought it was WNBA. No, it's LSU Vanderbilt. And LSU is up in the game. And I don't know why the announcer decided – <laughs> They wanted to be this candid with their remarks, but the uh, yeah the announcer, the broadcaster of the game is going viral because of her comments in this clip. Here it is. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay in this ball game. Stay excited. Stay enthusiastic. Pull your team through. I don't care if the officials are telling you to sit down. 
Wow. Did she just say that? Yes, she did. On television? They were up 51 to 37, and that was her comment as to her how to, motiv- to motivate the opposing. I don't know who that was. I have no idea who that was. Can we hear that one more time? And obviously was, this is a little bit PG-13, oh but the kids goodness. are in school by now. Oh, man. Give this to me. This is, this is her saying what she would say if she were the coach. If she were the coach of Vanderbilt. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay in this ballgame. Stay excited. Stay enthusiastic. Pull your team wow. through. I don't care if the officials are telling you to sit down. Wow. That's, my, that's one of my new favorites. I don't know how you justify that. <laughs> I guess you could motivate them then. I guess that's how you motivate them. Now, we're wow. giggling, but let's, let's also play oh, the, uh, the sports radio factor of this. What if, what if a guy wow. had said that? Uh, no, a man can't say that. No, a man can't say that. Uh, man, you, you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are other things, other terms you could use as a dude that are versatile equivalent and maybe just as disrespectful. But uh, that was surprising that she dropped that while broadcasting a game. These broadcasts are getting way too comfortable these days, man. I mean. Way too comfortable. I say, beat. <laughs> it was crazy. What is going on? What Come is on. going on? Wow. I cannot believe that. I can't believe that. Now, did she get reprimanded for that? I, I'm a, I don't even know who that is. Um, she so, work for the SEC network or whatever network know. that was on. Is it, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, see, uh, so, my man. Okay, so my man uh, Matt Butler says, sounds like Carolyn Peck, though. Could be. Could be. All right, give it to me one more time. Could be. Uh, One more time, he said she's done WNBA games. That's why I thought it was WNBA because I think her it sounds like a WNBA broadcaster or announcer. This will oh man, heart. this will be our last time to play this. But let's go one more time so we can see who this lady is. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay <laughs> in this ball game. Stay excited. Stay enthusiastic. Pull your team through. I don't care if the officials are telling you to sit down. Wow, oh, man, bringing the passion. Wow. I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't even know. I don't know who that is and if she got in trouble for that. But that is, that's one of the wildest probably clips in trouble I've for playing ever heard. Times. That's one of the wildest clips I've ever heard. I love it. And she, wow. She got her point across. I know what she was meaning. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> I say, I say, yeah. What? I mean, what? Oh, man. Oh, okay. She's claiming she said bench. <laughs> what? She's saying she said bench? That's what some people say, that it was bench. <laughs> I ain't what she said, Rod. I heard it. Oh, she said she was saying bench. <laughs> I don't think so. I say, why would you? I guess she's talking to the bench. Like the bench. Like the bench needs to step up. The bench of oh, ladies. Oh, okay. So I say bench. Is that <laughs> Well, now we might have to hear it again to see if she did say that. <laughs> All right, Rod Ty, one more time. We'll probably get did fired. Did she say bench? Well, let's, let's, see if she, let's see if she said bench. If she's saying she said – because at the end of the game, they're getting blown out. Oh, my God. So that would actually make oh. sense that you're, the, the reserves are in, but stay in this game. Let me hear it one I more time. bench, she, yeah. Larry, give it to me. As a coach, I say, bench, stay in this <laughs> ballgame. Stay excited. Stay Okay, in hold th- on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I could see that if that's her accent, she says, bench. Bench. I could, actually. <laughs> As a coach, I say, bench, stay in this ballgame. Stay excited. Stay. See, it's kind of like. See, it I, can, I can see it. I can, I can see, see that. It. And that makes sense to the context of that's, what she's talking that's about. That's what they're saying online is that she said, she's claiming it was bench. And they are saying that it was Carolyn Peck. Okay, there we go. 
Oh, man. And I will say that uh, back Pinch? in the day. Where is she from there with that kind of accent? That's, okay. So oh, they, she was born in Jefferson City, Tennessee. Oh. So she could Smoky be. Smoky Mountains. Yeah, it could be a country accent. Bench. It's like Dolly Parton. Bench. <laughs> the bench. It's bench. Kind of, it's like back in the day, the previous radio station. Oh, uh, man. We know the, the Longhorn legend quarterback, James Brown, used, yeah. to, used to do a, a commercial <laughs> for Dex. <laughs> and he used to talk about how he loved his, his dick. His dick. His <laughs> dick. I love my new dick. <laughs> but it didn't sound like deck rod. It didn't sound like deck. He needs to enunciate the deck. The he deck. was really happy with his oh, big brand new, new deck. deck. Huh? You said fast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I say bitch. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, now this, now we can play it all morning, man. I hope she did say bitch because it's, <laughs> it's even funnier now. Because now I can listen to it and not feel bad about it. Oh man, that it's one of the great. We played two of the greatest audio clips of this of the of the year already today. The, the Jameis Winston bench, and, please, and, <laughs> and bench. I say bench. <laughs> I love that clip because now it does make sense. She's talking to the bench. She's like, "Hey, girl, stay motivated. Let's go out there, let's represent. Let's get us back in this game." I say bench. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Hey, that was let's, hilarious. Uh, let's uh, get play that again, That's and we so will good. play the Jameis Winston sound one oh more time God. because he's trying to tell us why his man Mike Evans is a different cat. You know, different cat because he's you know he's 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 different. All right, let's get Rod's uh, second rant of a uh, Tuesday morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Oh, man. Bitch. That's great. That's classic right there. That's good. All right, let's get to some uh, some Cowboys and news notes and nuggets. Good news for the Cowboys. Actually, really good news for the Cowboys. Cowboys fans out there. Jimmy Johnson was on a local radio station in Miami, the uh, Joe Rose uh, show on WQAM, and he revealed uh, something that, well, at least Cowboys fans uh, did not know about, and he revealed that he is now in close contact and and actually having uh, conversations with Jerry Jones about the future of the Dallas Cowboys. Here is Jimmy Johnson on with uh, Joe Rose and WQAM. Well, since the Ring of Honor, Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. We're talking on the phone. I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got, had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, But everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Well, I thought – that's a beautiful thing. Jimmy Johnson back in the phone with the Cowboys, talking to Jerry Jones after losses. He claims he's on the advisory board. I don't know if he's joking about that or not. Uh, but either way, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones uh, having communication again is a great thing, and I'm glad Jimmy Johnson now is able to even <coughs> advise the Dallas Cowboys. Or at least they can reach out to him about advice on different things. They may have to reach out to him on how to uh, mend the relationship between one Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons potentially if indeed the 
reports and rumors are true that there's some uh, some angst going on on the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. But uh, I think it is good news. If it may be, you know, I think it's it's a growth for Jerry Jones too. This was not. A, a headline. This was not some publicity stunt. Jerry Jones didn't even mention it, uh, that him and Jimmy Johnson are close again and, and talking ball once again. That was just Jimmy Johnson, you know, acknowledging that on a local radio show. So props to, to Jerry Jones. I mean, once again, cultivating that relationship, um, but also now, you know, not doing it for headlines and not doing it for pub or not doing it to, to make the Cowboys, you know, the, 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 the focus of the uh, the story. He, he just did it, I'm assuming, to get more better informed opinions from a true football guy like Jimmy Johnson. So good, good on Jerry Jones. Yeah, or he, he, he learned – 30 years later that he should have never gotten rid of Jimmy Johnson in the first place. Too uh, late for that, man. Yeah, too late for that. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he's 81 now. He wants the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll see. Now, the question is, is his advisory board just kind of his jokingly way of saying, you know, crack staff or he, he's yeah. calling Or is there me. an actual is advisory there an board? board? Is he, does he have an advisory yeah. board? I would love to know that. For, I would love to know that, actually, um, if he does. I hope they um, – I hope. I know the Dallas media will follow up. And then I want to know who's on the advisory board that Jerry Jones has because he, he probably should have one. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know with that. Well, I mean, be great. nothing wrong with having a signing at sounding board for Jerry. Because Jerry, you know, one of the arguments with the Jones family is that they're way too insular. Um, they, they keep everything in-house. They, they, don't, do. they don't seek outside opinions all that often. Um, and, you know, that would be good. Now, he's, he's kind of inside the circle because he's in the ring of honor. Uh, but at the same time, he's an outside voice that can yes. maybe shed some. Here's what I'm seeing, Jerry. Yeah. Well, you, you just respect the opinion yeah, that's of exactly Jimmy right. Johnson. And, you know, whether you want to heed his advice or not, I think it's just better to have more and more information, more and more knowledge about the game. So I'm glad that Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson have an open line of communication, advisory board or not, whatever it is. Uh, let's talk about communication or lack thereof between teammates on the Dallas Cowboys. So there could be some drama unfolding with the Cowboys. Um, and shout out to my man Ty who uh, pulled this clip. Now, we played this clip at one point. Um, this uh, after the Cowboys lost to the Green Bay. So we played it in the last two weeks or so. But we were paying attention to the comments that Demarcus Lawrence made about fatigue being a factor in their loss to the Green Bay Packers and how absurd that was. And, and we continue to think that's an absurd reason, uh, to a justification as to why the Cowboys didn't show up and were blown out in that game against Green Bay. But a second part of that audio clip, there is some now interpreting Demarcus Lawrence's uh, an analysis of that matchup as criticism of his teammate, Michael Parsons. Um, we'll see, and we can break it down here, but here is Demarcus Lawrence talking about the Cowboys' loss to Green Bay and some Cowboys fans uh, diving deep into this uh, analysis and saying maybe he was taking a shot at one Michael Parsons. Here it is. All honesty, I think the main thing is – we was burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired. But also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and, and running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started. And they jumped on us fast. And What about adjustments? Yeah, adjustments, man. Uh, you know, I feel like we went in the locker room. Cut it off. Thank you, Ty. So that part where he talks about they ran away from me and they rolled the pocket toward Micah. There are some people extracting that and saying, hey, that was a shot at Micah. 
because he talked about how they ran away from him, which means they ran right at Micah, which is the truth. We talked about this too, right? That's how you turn Micah Parsons into a liability rather than a strength, rather than being one of the best defensive players in the league, which he is as a pass rusher. As a run stuffer, he's average to below average, so just make him a force run defender, which he's not comfortable with being, and he hasn't improved that part of his game yet to a elite all-pro level. Uh, so that is true, but did Demarcus Lawrence have to throw that out there? Uh, and here's the cut of Michael Parsons responding to Demarcus Lawrence's comments about them being fatigued and his thoughts when he was asked by Stephen A. Smith about it. Hold on one sec. Pull that oh, one sorry about that. And some people believe this is, uh, once again, Micah and Demarcus Lawrence taking shots at one another. I got it. Here we go. Lawrence came off first take Super Bowl week. We're going to show on ESPN every week. They wanted to end the 12. He comes on the show and he said, guys might have been a little tired. He said, because so much is expected of us. Every game is like somebody's Super Bowl. So we go through stuff that most teams don't go through. And I think that guys were a little bit fatigued. When you heard he said that, what were your thoughts? Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you say that to someone else, you know what I'm saying? One-on-one, you know what I'm saying? Cameras off, sure, be my guest. But what I feel like, once that regular season ends, and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it it should never – you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready, like I'm ready to go home. Because that's exactly what's going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left, like – that's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like that, I would like. That's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like regular season, all right, yeah, I'm tired, like I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never say I'm tired or I, I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. Uh, so a lot of people, obviously, I don't know if that even needs to be analyzed. Uh, yeah, he's obviously disagreeing with his teammate and taking a shot at the comments of one Demarcus Lawrence. You could argue or you could, you know, debate whether, you know, one side is right, one, one side is wrong. The truth is we probably shouldn't even be privy to this conversation and dispute among Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence if it is indeed some beef that they have. We probably shouldn't know about it, but that's why the Cowboys are the number one TV star on the number one TV show in America is because they love drama like TNT, and we all get to witness it. Family drama, team drama, well, that's the coaching drama, whatever it is. That's the Cowboys. Well, look, That's I mean, the this, is, this is my concern for the Cowboys. I know they've won, you know, the division two of the last three years, back-to-back 12-win seasons, and it feels like they're close. But it also feels to me that they have some big holes to fill this offseason. They got really nice pieces in key places, without a doubt, but they need to fix their – you know, they've they got a Tyron Smith problem with his free agency. They've got Tyler yeah. Biotish. They don't have a running back. They don't have linebackers. Um, they don't stuff the run up front. I mean, so they got issues in core places. How do you solve them all? And if you do have rifts forming in your locker room, Ron, Seems that you way. have a head coach who's on a 
lame duck deal. Mm-hmm. Who's going to come in and kick some ass and make sure those guys get back on the same page? Uh, that would be a concern. Now, you know, they're, they're both professionals. They're both great players with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, but they're the leaders of your defense. And there's almost like a, a fight for who's going to be the leader of the defense. Seems that, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Hey, coming back, good stuff in Rod's rants. You get two every morning. We'll uh, also have some, uh, some uh, who said that for the end of the hour. But coming up, we will let you know what Jameis Winston said. Because he had some interesting comments. Also, we'll let you hear from uh, Kelvin Sampson talking about his point guard, Jamal Shedd, from Maynard, Texas, and how integral he is to uh, the success of the number three-ranked team in the country and the first-place team in the Big 12. We'll get all that. Coming back, hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, all right. We She said bench. She said bench. She said bench? Bench? <laughs> bench, bench, please. Bench? Uh, she said it with authority. She did. She did. And so she's not going to be in trouble. No, she's all right. She bench. said bench uh, in, in a Tennessee accent. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Some fun uh, fun conversations this morning on this Tuesday. Talking plenty of NFL Cowboys conversation there. Also hoops with the Longhorns getting the win last night. Uh, also, I want to play this for you, Rod. Houston got the win. They beat Iowa State in the uh, marquee game of the night. That was number three against number six. Iowa State's been playing some really good basketball. Oh, yeah, they got a good bitch. They, go, they do. They got, <laughs> and, they, and they got a good point guard. They got a really good point guard. They play great defense and a good coach, too. Uh, but Kelvin Sampson's got his coach on the floor, and Jamal Shedd, uh, the point guard, the veteran from Maynor, 20 of his 26 in the second half when they had to have him. Listen to uh, Kelvin Sampson went on with Scott Van Pelt on, on SportsCenter after the win, and listen to Kelvin Sampson talking about his, uh, his leader, his point guard, uh, Jamal Shedd. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, people talk about who the best point guard is. I never hear him mention Jamal Shedd. Uh, I, I, I would highly encourage him to watch him play at least once uh, so you get a feel for how good he is. Uh, I wouldn't trade Jamal Shedd for any point guard in America. Uh, I think we have the best point guard. He's, um, he's a uh, winner. Uh, he's been in this program for four years. Uh, he's what we stand for. Because he has a tremendous mother and father. He's going to graduate in May, 3.84 grade point average, uh, awesome. second semester. He's just one of those kids you want your kid to grow up to be like. So uh, he's a winner. I mean, there you go, Jamal Shedd. Wow. Uh, I think I think he's on course to be the Big 12's player of the year. Uh, I mean, got a good chance to do it if he can continue to lead the Cougars, who sit atop the Big 12 conference. They're the first Big 12 team to 10 wins or 10 and three. Remember, they had two early losses, so they've really yeah. cranked this thing up down at Houston. And uh, that home home court environment they have at, at the Fertitta Center is the real deal uh, to beat Iowa State last night. Uh, all right, so there's Kelvin Sampson. Rodney Terry and his Longhorns get the win. We'll hear from the, one of the heroes for the Longhorns coming up. But I wanted to play this Jameis Winston audio, Rod, because we oh, played it a couple times. We, every amazing. time we learn something new, and it's we just love our man Jameis Winston, 
He's a character. He's unintentionally the funniest human in, in the NFL right now. Yeah. And he, it, <laughs> if he's doing it on purpose, he's really talented. But I just think he's <laughs> – Yeah, maybe he's – right. Maybe he's like – maybe that's his bit. Maybe that is his shtick. He's like, he's like it's supposed to be unintentional, but it actually – he's maybe he's doing it. Maybe it's a master plan. Yeah. Uh, you decide here. So this oh. is Jameis Winston. He's on the, uh, the Pardon My Take podcast talking about his guy Mike Evans. And it, he, he talks about Texas receivers and receivers mm-hmm. from Texas. Yeah, that's right? where he starts. That's anyway. where he starts. But here's, <laughs> here's James Wynn. See if you can, can kind, of, kind of follow along and meander your way through what he's talking about with his, his former teammate. So uh, I think Texas receivers, they just, I feel like they're, they're different. But Mike is different. Mike is from, from Galveston. I, 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 always, I always tell this to people. And this is something that me and uh, my trainer talk about a lot. If you are born around water, like you have a different way of life. You function differently. And I just I just feel like you function differently because water like water has no soul. You know, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. You get in that water, it's gonna take you wherever it goes. Yeah. So I feel like people that are around water, they're they are very strong will. They're one with water. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mike is from Galveston. If you've been to Galveston, Galveston is known for, you know, I don't know what they're known for because I'm not from there, but I know they have a beach. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not a pretty beach. No, you they're known for oil. There's, uh, it, it's some of the dirtiest sand in America. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's not a pretty beach. So Mike is from that muck. Oh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It might be oil muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's still muck. So, uh, so he, he, he's a little different. I don't, I don't oh, classify man. him as like the regular Texas receivers. The, uh, but CD Lamb is a Texas receiver. I know he had a dominating year. Just <laughs> randomly, it's the CD Lamb, and he had a dominating. Things just popping his head, and he kind of, oh. he, he kind of interrupts himself almost. He does, talking. he does. Like his, his stream of of consciousness, <laughs> it's just like it gets interrupted all the time. It is. I gotta tell you, he did. When he said water, he got deep on me at one point. He said water has no soul. And I was like, that's actually pretty deep, man. Yeah. That's deep. He's like, water has no soul. And it's something about people who are born around water. They they flow with the water. And that's the Bruce Lee quote. I don't know if he was trying to, you know, to I don't know if he, he, he was trying to conjure up Bruce Lee's great quote. But remember Bruce Lee's all-time great quote is, um, be like water. Right, making its way through cracks. Do not be assertive. Adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless like water. If you put water in a cup, it becomes a cup. You put water in a bottle, it becomes a bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be like water, my friend. That was deep. That's what it made me think about. So I'm not saying he was going there, but that's what he made. That's what he ins- he provoked in me. Yeah. When I heard his quote about water, 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 water. Uh, and, and of Mike, course, and Mike Evans around water. People grew up around water. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. It uh, is so good. I'm down with it. I. Uh, he might I'm be right about that, too, I'm a though. fan. Is he getting, is there, there's not a market for Jameis Winston, is there, in the free agent um, backup? There was a backup. Somebody will bring him in. Maybe the Jets behind Aaron Rodgers. They, <laughs> yeah. could, they could talk. Well, how about those two talking? They could use some <laughs> comic relief, too. <laughs> Jets could use a little comic relief in their lives. And Jameis would get – oh, you imagine him with the New York media? Oh. They would fall in love with that dude. He's just going to give you quote after quote of all, about all types of stuff. But I will say I think he is on to something about them Galveston people, though. And, and you got into this, too, about the island people. It's – they are tough. Like I remember Galveston Ball athletes. They were tough mofos, man. Casey Hampton. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a Galveston ball athlete. There is something about the way they grow up. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a tough town. Yeah, it's a it's an ugly beach town. Well, because a lot be of people that town. live in Galveston, their their folks will work there on the, in the refineries. Yeah, that's a good point. Up along the, the, ship, the Texas yeah, coast, ship right channel, that. yeah, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's deep beast Texas run. It's yep. down there, southeast Texas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jameis Winston. I just remember when he was wow. winning Heisman trophies at Florida State, but. Getting in trouble for stealing crab legs I know. at the Publix, and he was such he <laughs> was he was such a, de- a deplorable, like disgusting figure at Florida State. Yes. and now he's almost but he's almost been I would say he's been able to reinvent himself because rarely do you bring up his you know the really distort, deplorable acts. Yes, there at Florida State. Now we talk about him just being an unintentional comedian <laughs> or comic at the NFL well, remember when he stole we went to the Publix and stole the crab legs oh yeah and then he just said he forgot to pay for them yeah and then he because he, he got him at the back at the well, counter that one, and that he, one yeah, ended up it was like a it was a benefit that he was getting and he was just trying to cover or at oh, least that's okay. the way I understood it is that like, like they he wasn't really free. stealing them he was getting them for free from an employee there and he got caught he got caught and instead of being like yeah. I was getting an illegal benefit NCAA wise, it was crab legs. Oh, I, I stole them because most of the yeah. stuff he did at Florida State, like if you really look back at it, it was more just childish than you know ill well, intent kind of stuff on the table. Yeah, he, it, grab him by the whatever and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so right, didn't he stand up? Yes, on like a, yes, and then yeah, he remember. and then after so he was suspended yeah. for that for a game and he Boy, suited and then up. Then he had then he had some more serious yeah like, yes allegations yes. about but him he, and sexual misconduct and then even when he got first got to the NFL, remember there was some. Allegations of that, but when he was when he got suspended for standing up in the library and saying whatever he did say, he he suited up for the game he was suspended for. Like Jimbo Fisher wasn't going to notice, and Jimbo literally had to tell him to go in the locker room and (laughs) and take off his pads. Like he thought he could just play. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Hey, uh, can I play this? Very eclectic dude. Can I play this for you guys? Speaking of eclectic dudes, we play. We mentioned this earlier in our what the facts, but it turns out that Des Bryant, the former Dallas Cowboy, has become a avid sports better in his post-football life, and over the weekend, he hit a massive 13-leg parlay on college basketball. He had a, he had a 13 different games on the money line, hit them all, and made over almost $500,000 uh, on a $700 bet. Actually, he won $416,900 at a Nevada sports book on a $700 bet. Think about that, Rod. You do a 13-leg parlay, but you put $700 on it. We hit the odds of a 13 leg parlay hitting, and That's he's amazing. 700 bucks. Uh, this is this is uh, audio that he tweeted out. This is uh, th- there's not a lot of words here, but this is the lady counting out his dollars, cashing in at the uh, at the casino. Here we go. There you go. He's counting out those hundred dollar bills. This is real. It's real. That's love. That is love. That's love. <laughs> wow. $416,900. 13-leg parlay? Thank I just you. don't even know. I mean, how? there's no limit on the amount of parlays you could add. 
right? You can do as many as you want. Legs. I don't believe so. Yeah. Legs. Yeah. Well, the more you add, the more you win if you hit them, but the more you add, the harder the bet gets because wow. you got to hit all 13. Because if you, if you don't bet, and you go, if you go 12-1 and one on that parlay, you don't win a you thing. You don't win a damn you thing. You lose $700. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so and, yes. and what and what's the is and it pays more than just making individual bets. Oh yeah, the okay. odds go through the. That's why okay. he a seven hundred dollar bet makes you four hundred sixteen thousand. Yeah, um, because it, everything compounds. So yes, okay. I mean that that's a big win for Des. The question is how much has he lost making bets like that becomes my first question. But you know, gamblers the life of a gambler. You gotta you gotta bet big to win big. Uh, Ty, how much do you, you think he probably lost? <laughs> He's making seven hundred dollar bets on thirteen uh, leg parlays. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably say in the last year, he's he's probably up a few hundred thousand dollars. If I mean, based off hitting that, and I know yeah, that, that'll make every, up for a lot. It, this is not new. From I follow him on Instagram. He puts probably like twenty five to fifty thousand dollars on every Cowboys game. Right. Damn, woo, Des. So he bets wow. with his heart, and when it comes Another to that, but Texas. I think he found a guy or something because these, some of these bets he's placing, I, I, I would. It's not even on my radar. So well, he's got a source. He's in the know that he leans on. I like it. Something like Man. that. I kind of like that. But Dez doing what I know. Doing I well. know that the, there's just – I don't know him personally, but I know of a guy that he gets people's, you know, accounts or whatever to bet. And he has, I think uh, he said, like 85 accounts or people that he bets for that just hand over his their information to him and let him take over from there. Damn. And he's almost always profitable. Well, good. Well, that's I need what it. You, that's I know. What most yeah. people yeah. should do. I know. Just fi- fi- it's almost like finding a money guy at that point. But <laughs> I don't know. Some people take this very seriously. I not not me, but you know, it's it's a it's a real industry. Well, if you bet with other people money, you better be taking it seriously. That's yeah. Then you are a real pro, dude. You better be look careful. Probably just take a percent. What did you do? Just take a percentage. I'm imagining. Of, yeah, of the wins. No, yeah. And he and he yeah. pays out like part of the losses too. So it's not like it's completely. On you, but no, it's yeah. it's insane. The, 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 it's this this stuff game. goes deep. Yeah, it does go deep. If you get on a cold street, you end up in the river. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not messing around yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah you bet for the wrong people. You damn yeah. right you will be. Woo. They don't like to lose. New. Mm. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right, we'll come back. Uh, there's some good audio there. We'll play some Who Said That, Rod? Who Try to guess that? who said what around the sports landscape. Also into our fabulous fifth hour. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Ooh, and they saying that. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Oh, it is time for WST. Who said that, Rod? Who, who said that? Who said it? Uh, Rod, who... Uh, who said this? I think you'll get this one. This is two different people, but it happened after a big win last night. Who said the following? Uh, I think it's something I appreciate, you know, more when I finish playing. Um, but, you know, super grateful for it. Um, but the important thing, you know, was that team win tonight, um, you know, a game that we needed, you know, protect the home court. Um, so build off this and, and continue to get better. 3,000 points is pretty cool. Um, I don't know too many. I don't know anyone personally that has scored 3,000 points, so. Um, that's a cool, really big milestone. Um, he doesn't, uh, he acts like he's not, you know, happy about it, but I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? He's probably happy about it, as anyone should be. All right, there you go. Was that two different people? Yeah. Okay. So, one, was one Max Acemus? Max Acemus was first, and then okay. it was, uh, the other star of last night's game. Uh, uh, oh, is it Dylan DeSue? Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. Nice. Dylan DeSue talking DeSue. about how he probably, you know, take, he's I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody's got three thousand points. I don't know. <laughs> Five hundred I mean, assists. That's a hell of an accomplishment. It really is. That is. That's a great accomplishment. Um, all right, uh, Ty. I sent you a couple of clips. We can dial any of them up and play. Who said that? Okay, my bad. I thought that was in English. That was not in English. The, the that sub, was awesome. The subtitles were in English, but the clip was not in English. Who was that? It was it was uh, Nikola Jokic. They know they need the whole damn thing in another language. I thought it, it's crazy because the subtitles. That was awesome. Yeah. So that, like you're pulling a pulling a wise one on. No, me. I wasn't. I was I not said, trying to do. I, I was, thought you said bench. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was in English because the subtitles were in English, but I guess not. So I apologize. All right, this uh, that one, was Nikola Jokic. This one is in English. Wow. Well, and you want to say what he said? He he basically was. He basically said if Luca ever gets mad, pissed off with the Mavericks, that he should he should come to Denver yeah. and play with Jokic. No, yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah, no, I love the clip. I thought it was actually a good talking point, but yeah, I screwed it up. So that's yeah. all right. So he, he said if. Uh, if Luca gets frustrated in Dallas, he come to Denver. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes. yes. Imagine yeah. those think, two on a team. That yeah. would be. Oh, oh man. I would hate He's that to be anywhere it, but it, Dallas. But I would love to watch that. Yeah, he was kind of saying it jokingly, but I think that was a real part of him that really would love to play with Luca. I mean, when him and Luca see each other like in an All Star game and stuff, they have a different bond and connection than every other player in the NBA. It seems to have. So there you go. My bad. All right, let me uh, let me play this for you, Rod. It'll be in English, and you'll know who it is. But it's yes. pretty darn funny. Here we go. What's your best recruiting story you have during that phase of your life? My Clemson visit, I went absolutely ham at. Bless them for even hosting me that, that weekend. I mean, they probably thought I was the biggest idiot of all times, which was true. At that time, I sure was. I, I actually commit to the University of Arizona. And here and here's the kicker. I get a voicemail, you know, in my, in my messages. So I must have gave out my number a couple times that night. I don't remember. I was having too good of a time. I was drinking all the all the water that they got down there in Clemson. It's great water. And uh, the, the, I, I listened to it, and it's it's some uh, some girl that goes to the you know University of Clemson, you know, and it's like, hey Rob, I saw you committed to the University of Arizona. I'm gonna tell you this right now. You absolutely your decision up we were all waiting for you down here you know in clemson uh well you have a good life we're gonna miss you so much but let me tell you once again you f-ed up bye bye and i was like oh shit. i was like what a voicemail i was listening i was showing it to all my friends i'm like look at look at this voicemail listen to it and uh we thought it was the greatest thing at that time that's for sure i was in high school i was like 19 years i was 18 years old it was it was the coolest voicemail i ever got in my life that is cool. That's uh, that Gronk. Gronk, yeah. I mean, Arizona. He went to Arizona State, right? Arizona Wildcats. He went to Wildcats. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Arizona's known for having some good-looking women. Oh yeah. Arizona uh, State's known for having better-looking women. Uh, I'd, I'd argue with that. I think the I think Arizona State's more the more of a party school. Both of them are, but the women at Arizona are a little bit better. From my okay. from my from my studies. Yeah. Your studies. <laughs> yeah. They both. I mean, they're both known for having really hot. Well, I do know women, having uh, like, really you hot ever. Girls. If you ever go to Scottsdale and go down out to Scottsdale Road, Rod, that's, yeah. where, all the, that's where all the bars and restaurants are. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty good scene. Yeah. No, I've, I got I had friends that went to Arizona State and Arizona, and they both brag about uh, the ladies. 
the female yes. population is uh, pretty impressive. A pretty lot of those Southern California girls go to both those schools. That's right. Uh, That's there right. you go. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, all right, Ty, I sent you a couple other clips. Hopefully they're in English and we can play Who Said That? Yeah, I think we responded well. Um, you know, one another huge thing we talked about today in our, in our meetings is we win on Sundays. You know, um, you either sweep, um, you survive, or you win the series, right, the three S's. So um, it was real important for us to come out after a, a, a tough loss last night um, and just jump on them early. I felt like we did a good job, you know, all day of just competing. So we came out with the win. It was good. Who said that? I don't know. Uh, that was Jarrett Thomas. Jarrett Thomas of a Texas baseball team. Talking about their uh, after their bounce back win on Sunday. Uh, I like that player a lot. I mentioned, you know, he's he's kind of under the radar, but I think he has a chance to be one of the best players in the Big Twelve. He's going to stay in that leadoff role. He is such a good athlete, and he's such a, a good bat to ball player. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch this year for them in his sophomore year. Kind of, you know, got through that freshman year and really came on as the season went, and yeah. now. Uh, he's he's going to be a catalyst for them. Uh, score a lot of runs, I would imagine, this year. Uh, no doubt. Everybody's excited about Texas baseball. Um, okay. Uh, I, I sent you a couple other clips, Ty. I guess you can pull those up if uh, if he doesn't have anything and we can play. By the way, you have a, uh, Texas plays tonight. Get out to the Yeti Yard and Dishfall Field. They're playing right. Houston Christian this evening. Texas State, good luck to the Bobcats. They're playing at TCU tonight. Of course, TCU, the preseason pick to win the Big 12. That should be a fun game. Uh yeah, Texas baseball. I mean, Texas baseball is gonna have a really sexy stretch coming up here after they get done, right? With because they you said they play in that classic. Is that in Houston? Yes. And the classic and that. Yeah, this weekend they have Cal Poly. Cal Poly. And after they get done with that, then they get done with that. They come home play the Aggies. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the start of it. Then they go to Houston where they're playing LSU Vanderbilt. on a Friday night. Vanderbilt and Texas State. That's good. And then they come back uh, home for a good game. Then they have then they open up conference play against Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, in, lo- in Lubbock. Yeah, it'll be a really good stretch. And I'll say this. I've heard that that Friday night game with LSU is dang near a sellout at Minute Maid Park. I can believe it. For tickets. Yeah, because just because H-Town. A lot of LSU folks in Houston. LSU, of course, won the national championship last yeah. year. Texas will bring a big crowd. That's going to be a pack. I mean, you know, Minute Maid Park's 40,000 people. So that'll be, a, that'll be a fun night down in Houston. Vanderbilt's there, too, and their power in Texas State uh, down there in Houston at that, uh, that college classic. Uh, all right. Uh, maybe pull up one of those other clips, Ty, if you get a chance and we can – finish up who said that why do you think people in the media think you're not a good leader i'm not as charismatic as my peers i don't have a personality that's like fit for tv and a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media you gotta sell what you're doing as well and i haven't sold it enough i don't feel like i need to i don't feel like i want people to call me a leader but i also don't want people to say i'm not one either because they don't see what goes on behind the scenes or what i talk about or my intentions what are the relationships that I built with my teammates and support staff? But when guys like that say that, I just got to chalk it up to them just not being aware, push a narrative for myself, expose the truth on how great of a leader I am. I don't feel like it's necessary. I just chalk it up to those guys not being aware of who I am. You're happy. People think like, they're like, why KD not happy? Why is KD yeah. look so miserable? It's time where I'm unhappy. That's just human nature. We don't play well as a team. I'm not, I'm not happy. It may not last for a long time, but I'm not happy for a good four or five hours when I call you after a bad game. Like once you accept that we have normal human emotions and reactions, of course my life is good. Of course I can't complain. Like it. I'm not upset about it because I'm living such a great life. You no, I want this to time. work out. And sometimes you being upset. You can drop it. All right. By the way, uh, somebody asked on the text line, and that's uh, that's KD. That's KD talking about he is a leader. He just doesn't necessarily 
promote that. Uh, here, who are the other two players with 3,000 points, 500 assists outside of Max Acemas? The answer, uh, Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy and Cadron Clark of St. Peter's. And his illustrious creator at St. Peter's. I have no idea who those, those people are. That's your list. That's it. Acemas, Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy, Cadron Clark of St. Peter's. That's your list. That's your list. That's it. <laughs> That's your list. Uh, by the way, Rod, I, I, I looked at the Texas baseball schedule a little closer. The 10-day stretch you're talking about, it, it, it's the teams we mentioned. From March 1st through March 10th, Texas will play LSU, a seven-game stretch with LSU, Texas State, Vanderbilt, A&M here, and then three games in Lubbock. Wow. Yeah. Kind of, kind of season-defining kind of series stretch there. Well, their record's going to be coming out of that stretch. Well, and, and only one of them is at home. I mean, obviously yeah. – Three are on a neutral site. Three are in Lubbock. One is uh, the Aggie game at uh, Dishfall Field. Got to come out four and three. Four and three, yeah. Yeah, that's the hope. Four and three. Five right. and two would be awesome. Oh, that would be yeah, that would be huge. As it's, well, the biggest games are in Lubbock too, because those are conference games. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Rolls into the fabulous fifth hour.